Yesterday I went uh, out into nature for the first time in 60 days. Um, I've been basically locked inside. Um, with the furthest I get is out onto a terrace in front of my cottage. My leg and my hip and my lower back have basically been useless. Um, painful, um, excruciating pain, which I've talked about before, so I'm not getting into, but um, even now, uh, with the pain gone, um, the nerves uh, have been destroyed, so essentially, I've been stuck here, but, uh, but yesterday I had a good day, and, um, and an old friend of mine, who knows where I am, passed by and saw the state I was in and threw me in her car and took me up to the top of a mountain um, where there's nothing but an old monastery and let me out, brought a picnic so that we could stay up there. And... Um, and I cried. It just came over me. Um, the smell of spring and it had been raining. Um, the pollen in the air, all these flying white puffy fairy dust balls. I don't know what they are. I'm sure it's pollen and, or an allergy sufferer. It would be the worst thing in the world, but the trees were were droning with the wind that was blowing between them. And my feet were in the grass. And I just felt all of this natural energy, which I haven't felt in so long. Um, being inside a building. Being uh, just surrounded in a little village because I can't take care of myself right now which happens from time to time, and it is going to happen. Um, I, uh, I didn't realize how much I need the trees and the grass and the air. Um, I didn't realize how much I'd been suffering without it. Um, that the building I've been staying in was sucking my energy, the cement, the, 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 all of the materials we build with absorb, absorb energy, absorb everything. And the sounds, the high pitched sounds and frequencies of electronic noise create this din in my ears. Um, but when I got up there, my tinnitus disappeared completely. And I felt myself being recharged instead of drained. And I sat in the grass. And I cried. And I'm not a crier. I'm not some, you know, millennial man that cries everything every time something happens. I'm old school. We, we barely ever cry. And when we do, we do it alone. Um, but this wasn't... 
This wasn't that kind of tears. This was somewhere between absolute ecstatic joy and a release of trauma and pain. And, um, <laughs> and then I went and put my hands on a tree, felt that. And I know to anybody who doesn't understand that feeling, to anybody that doesn't understand nature, I sound like a crazy granola eating nutcase. But I need that. I started laughing hysterically. I'm sure my friend thought I'd gone absolutely crazy because I'm crying one minute and laughing the next. But then again, she's, when I looked over, she had this huge smile on her face. And she just, she knew. She knew the medicine I needed. She knew that for me, the healthiest place in the world was up there. And she knew that if I need to get back there soon, I need to be there. Um, but that's that story. But it led me to, um, to think about questions that I received and as I got older and as my lifestyle um, of nomadism and um, traveling and expeditions um, seemed more difficult to other people. I kept getting these questions of how long will you be able to continue doing this? Are you able to continue your lifestyle? And I realized that most people believe that in old age or as you get older, the best place for you is a city where you have hospitals and support and family and things like that. Um, and that's just wrong. Cities are very hard for older people. Cities are places to go and die and suffer in between. When you're younger, it's, it's great. There's commerce, there's social life, there's connectivity, but in a city, unless you have a huge support support circle, you're alone. And that loneliness and that the fact that you could die in your apartment building or die on the street and nobody would ever notice is it gets into your soul and it makes people afraid. They're afraid to walk down the street because they might trip over a sidewalk. They're afraid of cars that don't understand that they're slower. They um, sidewalks are cement, streets are made out of other materials that are incredibly unforgiving. And um, even when I was in great shape to walk in a city for an extended period of time would ruin my legs, would ruin my ankles, and yet put me on a mountain and I can walk for 10 days straight without ever stopping. Um, put me on earth um, or natural materials, walk by a building and it just sucks you dry. Go to, go to London in the middle of lunchtime. And after a half an hour, you're exhausted. The energy, the chaotic. Now picture yourself being 70 years old and all of those people flying by you in a rush to do their shopping, um, to, 
to grab things and thinking that you're just in their way, that you should just help everybody and go ahead and die. And then the other extreme, which is the doctors are saying how we have to extend your life and quality of life. What quality of life? Why is it that people believe it's better to have a longer life than a good life? Um, they won't let you be. But anyways, um, cities are not good for older people. Um, the country is. I, before moving out to the elephant's graveyard, I, you know, lived in a van and traveled with my partner. And we would go from small village to small village where people 80, 90, 100 years old were still active, were still completely, they had their mental faculties um, because it was more at their speed. They could walk slowly through town. In fact, the town where I'm in right now while I'm recovering, every day people walk back and forth, not to get somewhere, but just to stay healthy. And that's actually what I'm going to have to do next, um, to keep their bodies aligned, to keep them moving. But then they have gardens, they have small vegetable gardens, which they take care of. They have things that they can manage the pace of. Um, and at the same time, have, you know, zero kilometer vegetables. They have everything fresh. It's seasonal, which is giving their bodies what it needs at the time it needs it. Um, a sense of pride, a sense of um, being still a valuable part of a community. They take care of grandkids. They keep the town alive for the young and the old while, you know, the parents and the productive people go to work. Um, that is what makes more sense. That is where someone can age with pride, feeling still a part, a valuable part of a community, um, a valuable part. They want to live, but those people don't need anyone to extend their life. When it's time, they die. Is that so wrong? But in between, they live. They live and they live at their speed. Um, I don't know why we have such a problem in society with that. And that is antique. It's old. It's, uh, it's backwards. You know, even my own family members are, were like, oh, a Buddha, if you, you know, get this shot every six months, or you have this surgery, or you take these pills, you can extend your life for... 10, 15 years, and I'd look at them and say, but I would hate that life. And that just didn't register with them. They can't understand that because that's the life they choose. Um, instead, when things started getting bad, I, through friends and through people, uh, professionals I know, 
I came up with a program to maintain my mobility, to maintain my quality of life, to allow me to have quality of life until the day that I die, quietly or screaming in pain. I have no idea which. I don't really care. Um, and that includes various modalities. Every day, I do Tai Chi because it helps my body move. And that's why old people throughout China do it every morning. Um, for extreme pain, I have acupuncture. Um, I do use modern medicine. I have a stims machine, which um, through electrostimulation keeps my nerves going and allows me to block pain without painkillers. And, you know, I produce my own cannabinoid uh, oils to help me sleep. Um, and using that, I don't need pills. I don't need drugs. I don't have to have cortisone shots. Um, and I still have function and mobility of most of my body. I have a leg that's dying. I have, you know, an intestinal tract that's had it. But actually, the funny thing is, the intestinal tract got got ruined by Western medicine by 90 days of cortisone and painkillers and NSAIDs and, and things that just destroyed my inside and didn't give it a chance to recover. My diet out here is pure, seasonal, fresh, and here's the most important part. It's frickin' delicious. Um, why wouldn't you want to live the rest of your life like this? I don't have deadlines. I don't have schedules. I don't have anything I must do. And that's the most important thing at a certain age. If I'm in bad shape, I can spend the entire day just surviving. If I'm in good shape, then I can do my projects and plan ahead for summer, winter, you know, work on the garden. But I don't have to. And that's the most important thing when you reach a certain age is be able to adapt to that moment. You know, when we're younger, my God, we have our periods, we have our pains, we have all of that, and we go to work. And we pretend like nothing's going on. We can't get a day off. We can't do this, or everything's going to fall apart. Well, that's fine. I'm not arguing against that. I did that. I did that for many years. Um, and I think I needed it to feel engaged, but also to move forward. But now, I got nothing that's so important, except being in the moment and, uh, and enjoying this time. Uh, so, think about that as you get older. Um, and stop asking me if my lifestyle suits my age. It's designed for my age. 